Welcome to North Shore News Week. Hello, hello, North Shore, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of North Shore News Week. Glad to have you here. Um, I'm here with my co-hosts and co-founders. Megan Bernard, our managing editor, and Martin Carlino, our senior editor, and I am Joe Coglin, and we're here to bring you the news of the week on the North Shore, our, uh, our coverage area, which is New Trier Township, and uh, it was a, a busy news week, um, yeah, well, as it normally is here um, at the record North Shore, um, so thanks for tuning in. Uh, these are, this is just a recap, it's, it's another way for your, to give you um, your news of the week in a simple, easy to listen, we hope easy to listen format. Um, we do it in three segments. We start with our lead story. Then we do uh, we bounce around in a segment called um, Up and Down the Shore. And then we give you our featured feature before signing off for the day. Um, so we're going to jump right into it um, and start with our, our lead story, which is um, kind of the past couple of weeks, we, we've been leading with COVID-19 and, and our progression um, through the, the mitigation levels as we've kind of seen um, the disease itself and the spread regress in our area, um, some things have opened up. Um, this week we have a bit of a step back, but it's a localized one at New Trier High School. Um, it came out, um, they announced at their board meeting on Monday that they had a bit of a surge. I don't wanna call it an outbreak, there's specific um, levels to that, but there was a, a spike in COVID numbers with students, um, minimum of 30, but it's looking closer to 40 as, as some others have trickled in. and and you have to, the, uh, others are getting some, some more medical testing. Um, but more than 150 are in quarantine, um, which has really kind of uh, dropped the number of participation in school learning. So a bit of a setback there. What's really happened, um, Marty, uh, you did the story, so I'll let you continue. It's affected some of the extracurriculars as well. Yeah, and right now we have uh, four sports teams in quarantine as well. Um, to, to build off a little bit of what Joe had mentioned, we know for sure that it's three basketball teams, uh, varsity boys basketball, varsity girls basketball, and another um, boys basketball level as well. Um, the last we heard is that some of those teams are awaiting some additional test results, and that could alter how long their quarantine period is going to be. But we know on the girls basketball side of things, at least 10 days as of Sunday, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So they're hoping to get back into action later this weekend, maybe February 13th is the date that's being floated around, Joe. Yeah, they're hoping to get back on Saturday. So I think it was actually uh, a couple of days before that where they, you know, they had to cancel their opener on Saturday, previous Saturday. This right, right. You're right, right. Um, but to, to look at some of the, the data that was presented at that meeting in a little bit more of a, of a general sense as uh, Joe had alluded to, we have, this is as of February 9th data from the district. So we have 38 positive cases of COVID-19 and those are student cases of the virus. Right now, seven additional students have been referred to PCR testing, um, which typically means because of the high percentage of accuracy in the district saliva screening program that those will also likely be positive cases. So we're probably looking at something over 40 um, if not closer to 45. Uh, six students are, are showing symptoms of the virus, but did have a, a negative test. And as Joe had mentioned earlier, we've got 164 in quarantine, which breaks down to 151 students, those sports teams included, 
that we mentioned and 13 staff members. Um, this data is updated from the district daily. So we'll, we'll have new numbers and we'll report those numbers as well as soon as they become available to us. But um, at the board meeting, uh, school officials said that they're tracing a significant number of these cases to a couple of off-campus large gatherings and potentially those gatherings led to um, some spread and these cases increasing um, to these high numbers that we're seeing. So also uh, uh, something noteworthy that came from the, uh, this Monday night's meeting is that uh, for the first time, the administration did not rule out that there was a transmission or, or spread of the virus on campus. Uh, the board had asked Superintendent Dr. Paul Sally if the if they could for sure say that there was no on-campus spread and he wasn't able to confirm that. He said there's a couple situations which he described as non-classroom environments. Um, we don't have any more information than that at this point in which the district is looking into. Um, he said they're going to do some analysis and, and look into a little bit more to make sure all the protocols were followed and they'll review those situations to see if um, anything comes out of it and if there were if there's any evidence of, um, of spread on campus. But he described this, this latest uh, influx of cases as sort of a web of connections now where all these cases can be linked to uh, those large gatherings and can be, can be linked to those gather gatherings in a couple different capacities. So some discouraging news in a time where we've had several uh, points of encouraging news. So We'll see how the, uh, the district attempts to handle these, these influx of, of cases of the virus. Yeah, and moving forward, um, you know, it's tough for a couple of reasons. This comes about two weeks after something similar at Loyola Academy, where um, there was a significant rise in some student cases, and um, they pointed to some off-campus gatherings as well as an athletic practice, um, and then with the drop in the area and the region, we were able to see extracurriculars like sports, um, much anticipated comeback of these sports just start on Monday. So after their first game to see that uh, they're sidelined for at least a week and have to miss four games or so, three to four games in such a shortened season is disheartening, I'm sure for everybody. So um, this step back is, is definitely something newsworthy and um, something to keep an eye on. Hopefully the quarantines are able to curb any spread um, and any further maybe delays or, or stoppages, whether that's in play or in in-person instruction, but we'll be on top of it and keep you guys um, in the loop of all that. And that's our lead story for the week. Um, so uh, read the whole thing. Um, we've got more from, from discussion from the board as well as um, commentary from um, Dr. Paul Sally, the superintendent. So check that out. Marty's reporting at therecordnorthshore.org. Yeah, and as I as I had mentioned, we'll do our best to update that story as quickly as possible as soon as we get um, daily numbers from the district. Traditionally, they are publishing um, data from the prior day at about um, 5 p.m. or so in, in that time frame. So, if you're interested in in checking out the uh, the district's dashboard and seeing some additional numbers and breakdowns that they have on there, it's on Nutra's website, so you can find it right there and. As I mentioned, we'll be, uh, we'll be updating our story frequently once new data comes in. And that's our lead story for the week. Um, stay tuned. And we're going to go um, to our 
second segment, Up and Down the Shore, where we touch on every community we cover uh, in New Trier Township, and we go right down the shoreline. And we always start with uh, our northernmost covered area, Glencoe, um, and it's, which, is, which hosts the Chicago Botanic Garden, one of the landmarks of the North Shore, and um, we'll see what they're up to during the pandemic right now. Yeah, we had a chance to catch up with some officials from the garden and get some updates about how they're managing the pandemic and how they're um, trying to still keep their visitors engaged during this time. Um, and unfortunately, because of obviously capacity limits and other uh, mitigation measures related to the pandemic, some of their traditional uh, fan favorites of events have been canceled this year, including the Orchid Show, the Super Seed Weekend and the Science Festival. Uh, the science festival, from what I hear, usually a, a big attraction for local kids and something that they really enjoy taking part in. Uh, but there, are, even though there have been some events canceled, they're still trying to move forward with plenty of ways to keep locals engaged through um, these trying pandemic times. So some of those ways are a series of virtual classes that include some some cooking classes, some photography classes, um, some D do-it-yourself classes, um, things of, of those natures, and visits are still being accepted. You just need to pre-register beforehand. Um, so obviously you have to do that a little bit in advance if you're planning a visit. And they're doing some, some live streaming of their greenhouses as well. The greenhouses are closed now, if I'm not mistaken, but they are um, trying to still provide some access there with some live streams. Yeah, very cool ways to keep, keep uh, garden lovers um, in tune. Um, and then we're going to jump one town down to Winneka, where uh, some more creativity during the pandemic. Yeah, so at Christ Church in Winneka, their choir is still singing in unison, as um, our trusty reporter Alexa Burnell reported for us. A very beautiful feature about um, how their choir is still recording. They actually found a way to find enough rooms in the church this winter to sanitize and spread everybody apart. Everyone comes in, um, obviously separately in distance. They grab a microphone and they go to their respective rooms and they all record, um, you know, their songs all together through an FM transmitter. And then they mix that all together. So it sounds like they're all singing, you know, again, in unison, like I said, it was an idea that Richard Clement um, from the church had thought of. I think he, he played credit to, let's see, James Madison University, who's they're also doing a similar thing. I think they're actually recording um, songs that they're singing throughout their cars in the parking lot. So this is a little bit different. We actually printed a pretty cool picture of them um, singing distance outside in the fall. But obviously with the weather now, they're finding a way to record inside, you know, in those separate rooms. So um, a lot of people were talking in the story about how this is really important to them. You know, everyone's kind of tucked away inside at this time and they're kind of finding a way to get outside and um, you know still do something that they love which is obviously important to mental health um, you know during this pandemic and this long winter. Yeah definitely very cool story guys check that one out uh, a nice feature from Alexa um, one of our freelance writers. Um, let's take a little trip uh, over on Willow Road across the Edens to Northfield where people have been seeing this construction for years and now uh well, what's open? Yeah, that's uh, Northview Bank and Trust. It was a three-year um, construction project. They built a new bank from the ground up. It's right in front of Mariano's kind of on that stretch where Dunkin' Donuts is over on Willow Road. Um, took three years. There was a couple different delays, you know, soil contamination, 
um, foundation problems, stuff like that, that they had to conquer first before putting up the new bank, but they had their official ribbon cutting. Uh, I think it was middle of last month in January. So they're celebrating the opening there. And with the new bank also comes um, a new connection to Alice Place in Northfield Road. So if you're over in Northfield, it's kind of a, it was a tough corner because it wasn't um, easy for people to kind of access that area. So now with the new bank, they kind of connected it all and you can drive through it all. So that's kind of nice, um, you know, connecting that strip mall, Mariano's and the bank all together. And it's very convenient. Okay, so that's Northfield. And now we're going to go back uh, across Edens to Wilmette. And we're going to talk about just a crime story real quick. Um, and that was released yesterday. The police arrested three individuals um, who uh, were allegedly um, burgling. I think I said that right. I always, uh, it's, it's a nice word. Burgling a house in Wilmette. So they, they found a car that had been um, linked to another crime in the area earlier that day. And when they came upon the house, um, they found that uh, two individuals were inside and one was in the car. The car tried to allegedly tried to flee and hit a squad car. Everybody's safe. Everybody's good. Um, and that man was arrested, that young man. And then they had to actually search for the other two who fled the scene. They followed footsteps in the snow. And they followed, this is all according to um, Wilmette Commander Michael Robinson. And they also followed some discarded items from the alleged robbery. And they found them about a half mile away and the, they arrested two individuals in another backyard. Um, these three young men were um, reportedly in a crime earlier that day in Gurney North. Um, and the car was kind of linked to a few burglaries and ruse burglaries um, and home burglaries in the recently. Um, so they arrested the three and they're facing residential burglaries in both towns, Gurney and Wilmette. And that was yesterday. If you happen to see something going on around Lake Avenue um, at around uh, midday, at around two o'clock, a little search. Um, so <clears throat> check out the full story there. And uh, that is up and down the shore. That concludes up and down the shore. Um, our second segment. Um, and you can catch those full stories and more and you can search every town. Um, that we cover has its own homepage at therecordnorthshore.org. So you can go by town or topic and check those out at therecordnorthshore.org. Our final segment is our featured feature. And we have a fun one with a new, um, a new storefront in Wilmette um, called Heroines and Heroes, a hobby shop for comics, uh, miniatures, as well as gaming, um, tabletop gaming. So kind of an all-encompassing hobby shop started by um, some some Wilmette people, as well as the whole North Shore, remember this name, Vern Wiley and Andrew Beckman. Um, Andrew Be Beckman is the proprietor here, and he kind of um, tabbed Vern, who owned the Comics Gallery at 4th and Linden for 25 years. A very popular shop, um, comic shop um, that, you know, some people called the glue of that 4th and Linden district for, for years that closed um, in 2018. And... Uh, they're, they're working together on this Heroines and Heroes right smack in downtown on Central Avenue next to Lambert's Jewelers across from the Wilmette Theater. Um, it's a really nice shop. You guys should check it out. Um, they've got a wide variety of comics, um, everything from your, um, um, your young readers to your experienced readers from male to female, everything in between. Really cool stuff. New comics, old comics. Popular comics like Marvel, more independent comics as well. Um, and they 
they really want to focus as well on gaming. Um, I don't want to say a lot of focus on it, but it's kind of one of their tiers. Tabletop gaming, things like uh, Warhammer, um, Marvel Crisis Protocol, um, a lot of those games where you can build your own figurines and paint them, and it's, it's just a whole hobby. And um, once the pandemic subsides or the restrictions ease up, they want to do a lot of that in-house. So there's a social aspect to it too, uh, but it's really great to have Vern back. I talked to some customers in the shop too on Saturday. Um, and they were very grateful um, that uh, a shop came back, um, a hobby shop. So it's a really cool place. You guys need to check it out in downtown Wilmette. It's open every single day um, from noon to six on uh, Sunday through Tuesday. And then Wednesday, which is new comic day, Wednesday through Saturday, they give a little extended hours, 11 till eight. So check it out. Um, this is their Facebook page. It's called Heroines and Heroes. Um, and it was Heroes and Heroines from Vern's idea, but um, Andrew's daughter, um, actually Drew, um, as he's called, Drew's daughter is the one who said, hey, why don't you flip it and put Heroines first? And that kind of, they said, uh, validates what their whole theory is about comics are, are for everybody. So um, cool story. Check out the feature and check out the store. A new shop opening in the pandemic is always a cool thing, but this is kind of a unique one. Um, so that is Heroines and Heroes in Wilmette. And that's our featured feature for the week. And that basically is our show, guys, three segments. We walk you through pretty quickly uh, all, of our, all of our stories for the week at the recordnorthshore.org. And before we let you go, we do a quick uh, look ahead. And what do we got coming up? Yeah, we've got a story coming up on the vacant Treasure Island storefront in Wilmette. Um, we talked to some village officials to try to get an update on the space. And we'll have that story ready for you in the next couple of days here. Um, we're also hoping to reignite our sports coverage and have um, we already have had some a chance to report a couple sports stories, but we're hoping this weekend we'll have a couple more up and, and get some coverage of some teams this weekend. And then we've also got a story that we're chasing, no pun intended, about a potential dog park coming to Wilmette. So very um, an issue that always gets the community involved and excited. So we'll, we'll get you an update on that very shortly here. Uh, that's it. That's our show. That is North shore Newsweek. Thank you guys so much for listening. And um, we'll have, uh, we'll have plenty more next week for you. Keep in tabs with our site. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening. <laughs>